Good morning. Isn't it good that uh, Brett was a, a Christian when he went on his first mission trip? Because I was not, okay? I was not. I was 15 years old. Uh, we were going on a two-week trip. Uh, we were going to do a VBS in East St. Louis, and I had no idea what I had signed up for. Not, not a clue. Uh, in fact, we had a training time and, uh, uh, during, right before we took off, and we were going to uh, share the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in, the, in the furnace. Now, I went home as a non-Christian uh, and figured out where that story was. I read that story in the Bible, and uh, I'm just going to be straightforward with you this morning. I didn't believe it. I didn't even know why we would go teach kids this. Uh, thankfully, the Lord knew where my heart was, and so I ended up with the kindergarten kids for the week, uh, which I think that was a little intentional after I talked to one of my buddies but, uh, about what we were teaching these kids. And uh, I remember showing up there in East St. Louis at this church. Uh, it had this courtyard with basketball goal, uh, chain link fence around it. And uh, as we, the first day, like everybody just floods out, all the students flood out into my, my buddies, my friends, into this courtyard. And we're just waiting on kids to show up. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. And so I'm leaning up against a wall. I'm watching, observing as everybody's coming. These kids just start flowing. They're coming from everywhere. And all of a sudden, as I'm looking around, I feel somebody take a hold of my hand. I look over and then down, and there's this little dude with a bleach blonde mullet about yay tall who just grabbed onto my hand and is just staring at everything like I was staring at everything. Now, I... I not comfortable with this at 15, okay? Let me just throw that out there. And so I'm like, well, everybody else is talking to kids. So I'll start, so I start to ask him some questions as I'm looking down at him and just talking to him and he does not respond to anything I say. And I'm thinking in my mind, this is a lot harder than it looks. You know, like how am I, I just asked like 15 questions to this little guy and he didn't respond one time. Everybody else seems to be talking to kids or interacting, they're playing. And here I am with this kid who's got a hold of my hand, which means I can't go anywhere. And he won't talk to me. Finally, somebody from the church walked up to us and she said, hey, I see you've met Dean. I'm like, not really. I don't know if he knows I'm here, you know? And she said, he's got 85% hearing loss. So if you want to talk to him, you're going to have to do one of two things. You're either going to have to make sure you're in front of him so he can see your lips, or you're just going to have to scream about three times the volume you normally talk. Like, okay, okay, can we can I have another kid? You know, like <laughs> my thought process was like, just give me somebody else, okay? But th this little guy clenched onto my hand. Uh, the joke that week was we were in a small church that was parishioned off by like room dividers, was that all I did was run around and scream his net, Dean! You know, because like he... When I was behind him, he couldn't hear me. So I had to scream at him, okay? Uh, five days, you know, like the, the second day he comes in and what's he do? He finds me and beeline straight to me, grabs a hold of my hand and we stand there and watch everything unfold. Five days, this goes on. Fifth day, they told us, hey, you, get, you have the opportunity to walk your, uh, uh, any of the kids home if you want to. And I'm like, okay, I'll walk Dean home. So I walked Dean home a couple blocks north of the church and we took a right and then here's this apartment. And, and I remember them telling us the night before, there was two things uh, that we tell students in student ministry. Uh, I, I, I was told this then, I've told so many students this. One is that you cannot promise that you will come back. I just don't do that because there's no guarantee that you'll actually come back. Uh, the second thing is, is what you can promise is that Jesus will always be with him. Now, I, didn't, I wasn't a believer in Jesus at this point. 
So as I go to lean down and to get right in front of Dean's face so he can see my lips, I explained to him that I wouldn't be back the next day and that he wouldn't go to VBS at the church the next day. He would go to church on Sunday, but that we wouldn't be there. And I assured him that Jesus would be with him wherever he went. And the little boy just starts to bawl and runs away from me into the apartment. And I got up and I walked around the corner in, in East St. Louis, downtown city, lots of stuff going on. And I'd never cried in public in my life. I leaned up against the wall, squatted down, and I just started to bawl. It's amazing what God can do in five days. It's amazing. I never imagined uh, that I would make a connection with a little guy like that. I never imagined that I would want to so desperately move to East St. Louis into the same apartment as him right? Like I never imagined that, that that moment would create for me this heart for missions, this desire to go and to uh, tell people about Jesus. And yet that's exactly what took place. And so our theme today is, well, imagine what God could do. Like, look, look around at this room. Look at how many people are in this room. Could you imagine what God could do through us if we really took the Great Commission to heart? You've heard the Great Commission before. You can open up with me if you'd like to. Matthew chapter 28. It's some of Jesus' final words uh, to, to us. To, it's a command, actually. It's not necessarily a suggestion. Uh, Matthew 28 verse 18 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have, give, have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, I think uh, we could imagine what God could do through us, but I know what happens, because I know this is true for me, and, and these ladies even talked about it this morning, is the one thing that holds us back is fear. It's fear. Fear of the unknown, a fear of what if I'm not able to do what I'm asked of when I go, a fear of I don't know if I know the Bible well enough to go and make disciples, a fear of oh, what are we going to eat over there, okay? <laughs> I don't know if goat is good. Let me tell you, it is good, okay? I like goat. Um, of, or maybe it's fear of like, I don't want to miss out on uh, my family here or vacation or opportunity to be with my, my kiddos. Man, I just spent 10 days in Africa and I missed a family vacation. My wife is a rock star. She took both of our kiddos up to Wisconsin on vacation uh, by herself. And uh, I was praying for her because I love my kids, but five days with just them, Ooh, right? Sorry, Tay. Uh, he's in here. Uh, Right, but I, I took 10 days away from being with my kids to go and do this. And here's why, we, here's why man and I choose to do this all the time. It's because every time we come back and we tell our kids uh, about what God is doing on the other side of the world, they just get fired up. And we were going, man and I were going to Haiti. We came back, we would share about the kids in Haiti. And my daughter at like four was like, when do I get to go to Haiti? You know, it's like, I go to Africa and, and see, you know, all the things that you see in Africa, the animals, the people, the things that are going on. And, and my kids are asking that question. In fact, in January, my son and I will take his first mission trip to Cuba through crew ministries. 
And he's so excited and I'm so pumped because I want him to have that vision and picture of what it looks like to go and make disciples. But could you imagine what, what would you do for Jesus if you didn't have any fear? Right, there's no fear to going on a mission trip. There's no fear uh, to sharing the love of Christ with others. If there's no, what, what would you do? Well, we had dinner with some good friends Friday night and one of them asked me, have there's there ever been a moment on a mission trip when you were like truly like scared for your life? And I said, well, not, not really. There was maybe one time where it was kind of close. It wasn't necessarily, I was fear for my life, fear of that I was going to get in a fight with another individual in another country for threatening kids we had with us, you know, like <laughs> dad mode kicked in. I was about to jump out of the tap tap and we were going to go to town with this guy in this town. But um, that didn't happen. Praise God for that, right? Pastor Lance kept us cool. Um, but no, right? No. And here's what I want to encourage you. I want to share this. We've been in 1 Corinthians. We just got out of a series, Bodybuilders in 1 Corinthians. So I thought, hey, let's jump back in there real quick before we completely move on from 1 Corinthians. This is 1 Corinthians chapter uh, three. It's verses five through nine. And I think this is, we kind of talked about this when we hit it, but I want to reiterate it to you because it's important for us to, to hear this verse in here. So it says, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together at the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. I want you to notice that verse right in there. It says, uh, each of us did the work the Lord called us to do. Could you imagine if each of us did the work that God's called us to do? Like, could you imagine like every time uh, we've had a mission Sunday and God's nudged you to do something and you've walked out and you're like, ah, I don't know about that, God. Could you imagine if you, every time you had said yes to that? Could you imagine what God could do if you said yes to whatever God might put on your heart today as you go about this Sunday, as you come back tonight to Mission Fest and you experience all of our partners? Could you imagine what God could do? And so last year we broke it down into three things. I wanna do that again this year. Here are the three ways we wanna encourage you and continually encourage you to engage in the Great Commission, in missions here at White River. Number one is to pray. I know this might seem uh, counterintuitive, but the greatest thing that we can do for our mission partners is to pray for them. It's to pray for them. Uh, to pray for these marriages, to pray for these boys, to pray for the ministry that they have the opportunity to do. Uh, the greatest thing that we can do is to pray for them. And so um, we did that even this past summer through VBS. If, if you were a student, a kiddo in here, student that helped out and you were at VBS, just stand up. Right where we're at, stand up. Come on, don't be shy. I can see you. I know whether you were here or not and whether you're standing or not. Don't make me call you by name, right? All right, what is the town that we were praying for? Can you, does anybody remember? Yell it out loud if you remember. Kenya, yes, but what was the town in Kenya? Started with a C. Chumani, all right, say it with me. Chumani. Say it again, Chumani. 
Yes. See, all these kiddos were praying for the kids in Shumani. Now, uh, we took a vision trip there in February. There, there was nothing in Shumani. Stay standing, kiddos. I know, I'm sorry. You're young, you can do this, okay? Hey, right? Well, we started praying for them. Well, when we went a couple weeks ago, guess what? There was a church there. Not only is there the church there, but they already started the school with about 215 kids. They divided this church up by plywood to make six rooms in there for them. And their hope is to be able to build a school by January so they can bring in another class of kids because there's 500 kids waiting. This is me with some of those kiddos um, in Chimani. Just a few of them, right? Just a few. What I want you to know, kids, is that your prayers are working, right? Your prayers are working. When we took time to pray this summer, uh, God is doing something and you guys are a part of that because you were praying for Chumani. And I continue to ask you to pray for Chumani. Here's the second thing you can do. Stay standing, kids. I'm not done with you. All right. Second thing you do is you can send, right? And our kids did this as well because every day we challenged them, hey, we want to be able to give every one of those kids a Bible when they start school. And so in order to do that, uh, we need to raise funds for that so that we can send that money so that they could have Bibles. And these kids that you're looking at standing up right here raised 3000 put that up there, $869.40. Praise God for that. Yeah, good job, kids. All right, now you can have a seat. Thank you, thank you. All right, th- th- that's how much money they raise. So that every kid, up to 400 kids as they start to register for school, are gonna have an opportunity to have a Bible in their hands, right? Our kids are praying and sending exactly what we're asking you guys as adults as well to do. They're setting the example for us of what that looks like. You can send by supporting a child. And you go over there and you see what Missions of Hope International is doing through child sponsorship. It's amazing. And I don't have time to tell you the stories today. Come find me. I'll tell you the stories of how we saw the difference in that. You can send by uh, supporting somebody else from this church to go on a mission trip and to actually uh, take that time to go and travel over there. There's lots of ways that you can send. But the last one, the one that our kids can't do is, at least not right now, is go. To go. You can pray, you can send, or you can go yourself. And the opportunity to go with a team where three of us had never been out of the country out of the six. It's the opportunity to, to go for the first time. And kids, I can't wait till you can go because uh, <laughs> I hope you do take that opportunity. Right? To jump in and to go to a mission field and see a different country and see what's going on. And tonight, you have an opportunity to come back here and learn about the trips that we're going to go on in 2024. Opportunities for you to go meet those mission partners. But Jesus' command in this passage in Matthew 28 was to, to go. And Paul says, listen, we, we each have work the Lord's given us to do. I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And notice what he says in verse seven. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. It's not even a question to Paul whether the planting or watering is being done. The question is, well, which part do you want to be a part of? And so that's my question for you. Is like, which part do you want to be? What work is God calling you to do in missions? 
Maybe your action step is last year we passed out these cards. We actually have them out there on some tables, the connection desk. Uh, they have each of our mission partners on a map, uh, different color codes. It's, it's a really cool little sheet of paper. Maybe your action step is to just take that and you know what, our family, we're gonna pray for one of our missionaries per month over the next 12 months. Maybe your action step is just to identify one mission partner and just pray for them for the next year, every single day. Maybe your action step is to, to send, to, to find somebody who's going on a trip that you know and be able to support them financially, to send them to those places. Maybe it, your, your action step is to send money to sponsor a child from now moving forward. We got a great opportunity to meet some of your sponsored children while we were there in Kenya. And man, it's amazing to be able to see uh, those kids and see them get those gifts that you sent with us to them. It was awesome. It was awesome. Or maybe your action step is to just go, to say, yes, you know what? I've got a lot of fears. There's a lot of things that I don't know if I can do this. Two eight-hour flights, that's a long time on a plane. Trust me, I know. I watched two movies and wrote two sermons, just one eight-hour plane ride. It's amazing what you can get done when you're just by yourself, have nowhere to go, Right? Maybe that's what God's calling you. I don't know what it is, but here's what I want to ask you to do. You, we have work to do. We have work to do when it comes to missions. We have work to do when it comes to the world. We have work to do when it comes to our partners. And so I'd encourage you to step through those open doors. The things that God is stirring in your heart to do for missions, just take a step and go for it. I don't think if you talk to any of the five people that went on our trip uh, myself being the sixth, that any of us would say, well, that was kind of a waste of my time. I probably shouldn't have gone and spent those 10 days in Kenya. In fact, I guarantee you, none of us would say that. The last day we jumped, uh, we jumped on a bus with another team coming back from Kenya. They, they had been in a different area of Kenya and we were traveling together to the airport. And I got the privilege of sitting next to two ladies, uh, Kay and Sue. Uh, I quickly got to know their story um, and my mom taught me good manners. So I did not ask their age. So I can't report today what their age was. Um, they were older, okay? I'll say that. Here's how I know that. Uh, is because Kay shared with me her story of coming to Jesus at the age of 63. She was Catholic up to that point and, um, and found Jesus, uh, met him. Sue had met Jesus uh, as a 23-year-old through Navigators Ministry in college. And, uh, and Kay, she just blew my mind. Uh, well, she, she <laughs> she's a little fiery too. Uh, she was upset because they flew through, flew through Paris on the way uh, to Kenya and they didn't have a wheelchair for her to get from the one flight to the connecting next flight. And she said, I'm never flying through Paris again. You know, and I'm like, Okay, well, there's that. Case doesn't, she holds on to grudge, um, right? And, and, she's, and she said, but I, here's the thing. She's like, ever since I accepted Jesus, I was at 63, I've tried to go on a mission trip every single year. Every single year. Here's this woman who, I mean, her excuse could have been uh, her age. Her excuse could have been uh, the travel. Her excuse could have been, I need, really, I need a wheelchair to get from one flight to the next flight. Um, it could have been so many different things. And you want to know what she asked me before we got off the bus? She said, does your church allow people that don't attend your church to come on mission trips with you guys? I'm like, Kay's looking for another way to get back to Kenya, right? Like, so who knows? If you say yes to going, you might meet Kay. 
okay? I don't know. She lives in Michigan, Detroit, and maybe she'll go on a mission trip with us sometime. Uh, she said she was going to look me up. I don't know what that means, okay? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but the point is this. It, it, those things that hold you back, the, the fears, God's going to answer those if you say yes. God's going to take care of them. God's going to provide for you. God's going to uh, equip you. God's going to provide all that you need if you say yes to, to whatever the work it is he's asking you to do. And so today on Mission Sunday, I just want to ask you, what is the work God's calling you to? What is it? Don't hold back because he wants to bless you through it. I'm telling you, you go on those mission trips and you think you're going to do something for these kids and you come back and you're like, I, I didn't do anything but man, am I blessed, right? Man, were they unbelievable to me. And so I'd encourage you just to take that next step. I'm gonna pray for you. And then I've got a couple uh, quick announcements for you. Jesus, thank you so much uh, that we have the opportunity to enter into missions. Thanks for this church. And that somewhere along the line, a long time ago, we decided we were gonna be about missions. And now today we have so many mission partners around the world, whether that's in Panama, Ukraine, Poland, Tanzania, Kenya. God, there's so many places and opportunities to be able to, to, to fulfill just what you asked us to do, just what you commanded us to do, to go and make disciples. And I pray that you would just stir in our hearts uh, that desire to go and to be a part, whether that's through praying, through sending, or through going physically. Uh, would you stir our hearts towards action today, Jesus? We love you. We do this because we want to make you famous and give you all the glory. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.